Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back. This week I'm talking about social media. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm on this train and I am committed to staying on track. Today I'm going to talk about how social media and internet use and overuse are rewiring our social and emotional instincts. More specifically, I'm going to talk about how they make us more primal, more pre-social, more irrational, more inward and inauthentic. This is How Social Media Rewired Us All. Last week, I was talking about what happens when the internet acts as a replacement for a caregiver. I was talking about how being online near constantly rewires the stress threat response and how that has the potential to reshape our choices and preferences for who we rely on or what we rely on to help us feel good. When apps and algorithms take hold of our stress management and emotion regulation system, we may be less likely to rely on others for connection, safety, and security. We also may be less likely to trust that others will be available or will be able to reliably support us or soothe us in the same way that our devices can. Yeah, I know this is a bold claim, but I am convinced that social media overuse has changed how all of us relate. Here's my hypothesis for how social media and mobile internet use is changing how we think, feel, behave, and relate. Let's zoom out. Mobile internet, 5G data, and Wi-Fi enabled the development of smartphone apps and features that fundamentally changed how we connect. The addition of the front-facing camera, the like button, the newsfeed, location-based sharing, and the ever-changing algorithms allowed us to simulate the felt experience of social interaction without the deeper forms of emotional connection. That is, the basic design and social validation features of these apps make it feel like we are more connected than we actually are. Now, let's zoom in. The architecture of social media and entertainment apps are eerily similar to the design and function of the human brain and body. For example, our feeds and algorithms have similar features to that of the brain, the bloodstream, immune system, and nervous system, which are all constantly sending and interpreting signals throughout the body to influence the organism's performance and functioning. With each new input, the machine becomes wiser and better equipped to anticipate, interpret, and initiate a required response. In essence, these apps are designed to function as replacements for parts of our brains and bodies. This is how they work. They are also designed to replace the key figures in our lives, our companions and caregivers. This is how they exploit us. It is my belief that using mobile internet and social media at any age. Number one, exploits our primitive instincts to make us more primal and less socially engaged. Number two, trains us to become more self-focused than other focused. Number three, alters our system of beliefs by changing our sense perception of what is imagined, true, real, and hyper-real. And finally, number four, changes the authentic expression of our emotions which creates patterns of repeated stress activation, alarm, worry, anger, immediacy, overwhelm, escape, and hypervigilance. If this is accurate, the only thing I can say is, yikes. 
In the following sections, I'm going to outline some of the more negative impacts of overuse and explain how I think these apps, their futures, and the companies that profit from our overuse change how we all relate to one another. Number one, social media makes us go primal. Social media exploits our primitive instincts and our drive to survive, bringing us back to pre-social conditioning. Highly activating content increases our stress chemistry and wires us for protection rather than connection. Exposure to stressful content keeps us hypervigilant and hyperaroused, making us more defensive or predatorial. These apps also exploit our primitive pre-social instincts to pursue, attack, and dominate. We are constantly offering aggressive hot takes, takedowns, dogpiles, and comparisons. We also get piled on if we say something people disagree with. We are the hunters and the hunted. The structure of the apps also allow us to depersonalize the user on the other end, turning our social engagement system off. Algorithms reward constant engagement, emulating a survival of the fittest model where the heaviest users are pushed highly engaging and trending content. They are rewarded with social currency in the form of likes, followers, and in-group membership. Social media could be unintentionally reinforcing or creating these hierarchies. Survival of the fittest becomes survival of the most followed. We possess a primal urge to belong and avoid missing out on social connections. The continuous influx of updates via the 24 hours newsfeed reinforces this need for constant broadcasting and constant connection. For some, there's no respite from the cycle of sharing. The incessant feeds and endless scrolling keep us emotionally stimulated but socially disconnected, leaving our relationships in a pre-social state. While these apps offer personal rewards and validation through the engagement metrics, they fail to provide meaningful social relationship and social feedback. Number two, we go inward. Social media makes us more self-focused and repatterns our ability to connect and be other focused. Social media cultivates an obsessive focus on the self, accentuating an often false belief that we're constantly being observed or perceived. We are prone to taking things more personally when we're constantly shining the spotlight on ourselves. The platform potentially normalizes narcissism too, through increased instances of acquired situational narcissism, fostering the need for chronic self-focus. Moreover, social media places an emphasis on excessive uniqueness and individuality, creating the expectation for everyone to strive for distinctiveness, sometimes at the expense of genuine connection. Being constantly online may also perpetuate a skewed perception of reality, as those who do are inundated with highlight reels of other people's lives and, by contrast, facing their own personal shortcomings or perceived failures. Additionally, the prevalence of oversharing and forced vulnerability may raise questions about its benefits. Main character syndrome emerges as people start to believe that they are the center of the world, reshaping their interactions with others and potentially amplifying their own confirmation bias. This shift towards chronic self-focus contributes to higher levels of loneliness, disconnection, and a decline in genuine friendship, diverting attention away from empathy, from true connection, and from genuine community engagements. Becoming more self-focused, or losing our ability to remain other-focused, might also be the result of digital overload, 
there is just too much social feedback and not enough time or capacity to integrate it. In some cases, social media may also be reinforcing avoidance, escapism, and numbing, leaving us less likely to reach out, to connect, to do pro-social acts, or even face our problems in the real world. It is becoming easier to live a stress-free existence online than it is to live a life in person. Social media could also be reducing our capacity for creativity, imagination, curiosity, spontaneity, and play. Unfortunately, artificial intelligence, algorithms, and content generators reinforce the need for a creator economy rather than an economy of creation. And number three, we go irrational. Social media overuse alters our sense perception, our beliefs about ourselves, and our ability to discern what is real. Social media is teaching us to awfulize, to catastrophize, and to rehearse distress more than we actually need to. Algorithms, like buttons, comment sections, and viral content are making the problem seem more important and more immediately in our vicinity because they get more attention and more engagement. Social media might also be training us to spot problems rather than find solutions. We stay stuck in cycles of grievance rather than solving the problems that impact us directly. Constant multitasking and rapid information processing required while using screens can overwhelm the brain's ability to retain information temporarily, leading to difficulties in remembering recent events, tasks, or instructions. Extended screen use can also affect attention and concentration, which are crucial components of memory formation. Constant exposure to stimuli from screens, such as notifications, videos, and scrolling content can lead to attentional fatigue and a reduced ability to focus, making it harder to encode and retain new information. There is an endless feed on social media too, with no bottom, which keeps us operating from the primitive, reactive, lower parts of our brain rather than from the prefrontal cortex at the top of our brain. We lose the ability to discern, pay attention, and think clearly. Algorithms create filter bubbles, and distort our reality by creating silos of disconnection from other viewpoints. Algorithms and specific styles of content creation might also be creating thought contagion, where we learn what to think instead of how to think. We might also be losing our ability to discern what content, news, and information is real and what is fabricated by algorithms or artificial intelligence. We might be having a hard time distinguishing fact from fiction and reality from imagination. And lastly, number four, social media makes us go inauthentic. Social media changes our authentic expression of our emotions, leaving us activated, distressed, and overwhelmed without resolve. The stress from social media and internet overuse can cause us to misinterpret or misunderstand the messaging of our own emotions while using these apps, and perhaps even when not using them. Notifications and constant flickering or screen changes also ignites our startle response and lowers our threshold for coping, which increases the stress load. Social media might be making it hard for us to discern the difference between everyday emotions, general stress, distress, overwhelm, and trauma. Social media might also be making us more prone to judgment and criticism, especially towards those who are too similar or too different from us. Social media might be contributing to the undercurrent of rage, rumination, resentment, and exasperation that we're all feeling because social media and the digital town square 
has become the only social arena through which we process our fear and our anger. Social media might also be reducing our ability to notice good things happening around us. If we've been trained to spot danger, notice problems, and work our stress out on others via the internet. And so here are my final thoughts about those four topics. I wanted to end this week's note by talking about why this matters. If my theories are true, this means that social media is a major contributor to our pattern of collective stress by fueling this crisis of connection. Social media and the internet level the playing fields and lower the points of access for participation in the global conversation, particularly the emerging discussions about what it feels like to be human today. This is completely unprecedented. We are witnessing the democratization of collective well-being and human suffering at the same time. Being an active and engaged user of the internet is one of the main ways we exercise our freedoms as a digital citizen. Recent data has also shown that Gen Z is the most globally similar generation, leading credence to my point that being online today exposes us to new ideas, new cultures, new subcultures, and entirely new worldviews, which can be really, really good for us, or it can have disastrous effects because we are not able to tolerate or understand or collectively heal and move through a lot of the pain and suffering. While the internet offers us many benefits, my concern here is that our brains and nervous systems, which is the branch of nerves that helps manage our stress, are just not sophisticated enough yet to process the stressors, sensory input, the information, and the novel ideas from the environments we're digitally exposed to. Since humans haven't yet evolved to meet the current environmental demands created by the internet and social media, I think we've been trapped in a stress loop an endless cycle of stress threat activation where we have no realistic or practical way of hopping off of it. I think I'm still figuring out what this means for us as a species, but I think it explains the collective stress we all seem to be experiencing to varying degrees at this time. I'll continue to write more on this topic, if that is of interest to you. Until then, keep riding the wave, and please know that I'm riding those same waves too.